Gates open at 5, racing start around 6.30. All right, we have a recall. This is something that I've run across, and it got my attention because it's kind of dangerous. <laughs> Recalled. The number on the recall is 21S, as in, as in Sam, 28. 21S and Sam, 28. Ooh, too much coffee this morning, yes. Um, and it involves the 2020 and 2021 Ford F-150s. It's a steering gear lockup. When the steering box locks up, uh, you don't drive it. And it doesn't pick any particular time that I understand when it actually locks up. When... You call the Ford dealership, you tell them you want to check on 21S Sam 28 on the F-150 if you have a 2020 or a 2021 F-150 and see what that recall is. And they recommend that you don't drive the vehicle if you have one in a 2021-2020 F-150 Ford. You call and you find out. It, take call in with your VIN number on your car. What's well, a little number on the dash? Little number on your registration card or a title that shows what your VIN number is. You call in to them and you ask them if your truck is included. Not all trucks are included. That's reason I said don't take a chance. I have the two states that they were built in. Uh, I'm not even going to put it out on the airway. I want you to call Ford dealership and you find out what's going on with that. The gearbox was damaged during manufacturing, so it's a manufacturer's defect on the gearbox, but not all trucks, okay? You, I don't know what truck you have. You don't know what truck you have. You don't gamble. You call call Jim Click Ford or Holmes Total Ford, whatever you, whoever you want to, and you at, give them the... 21S28, that's the recall number. And that date is 6-1 of 21. That's how recent this recall is. You may not even gotten notice yet. Don't take a chance. Call in and find out because they recommend you don't drive it, okay, if you're covered under this recall. So don't gamble. Just go ahead and um, get it checked out. Another little thing. I keep harping about the carbon buildup on these uh, EcoBoost engines. The EcoBoost is having a problem on the 2.0 turbos, uh, and it's the one that has gas direct injection. I keep telling you this because this thing just keeps popping up all over my research on gas direct injection, and these vehicles need to be cleaned out. They need to be cleaned. They need to be serviced on a regular basis. So call your favorite shop. You know, if you're in Tucson, you can call Automotive Specialist. Uh, you can call, uh, well, let me give you the number for Automotive Specialist. Uh, you can call Automotive Specialist at 572-1734 or Brian's cell phone at 237-3852. You can call Mike Parker, Parker Automotive Service Center. And they're at 323-1960, parkerautoaz.com. You can call them and see if you can get this thing taken care of or ask them anything about the carbon buildup on these motors 
but it's very critical. Or you can call Simmons at 884-0217, 884-0217, and find out what the deal is and see if you can get this carbon. You'll need to know approximate mileage on your vehicle. So if you don't have the mileage, you, you will need the mileage. And you check out this carbon. This is a real deal. If you don't take care of it, it's just like a cancer. It just keeps building up, building up, building up, and building up. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I did a a, a, a lot of airtime on just the carbon in the engine. It's a dirty little secret, as they call it. It is a secret. It's out of sight. It's out of mind. And you won't even know it's coming until it just keeps, and then you'll notice little things. You'll start making excuses for the way the car is running. Don't do that. If you start if you start making excuses for the way your car is running, oh, it's a little bit rough. It must be the gasoline I have in it today. Oh, okay. Uh, when you start doing that, then catch yourself and say to yourself, self, this is not what Jerry said do. When I have this little issue and it's not clear and it hasn't done it before, I need to get it. I need a second opinion on it. Don't be afraid. You're not losing your mind. Call your favorite shop and tell them what's going on. And if you're not familiar with the carbon buildup in these engines, you can call Brian Fuller at Automotive Specialist. You can call Mike Parker at Parker Automotive. And you can call Simmons at Simmons 4 before. We pay attention to this carbon because it's the real deal. It's the little cancer that will sneak up on you, and then the first thing you know, you've got some pretty significant problems with your engine. And we don't want that to happen to you. I don't want it to happen to me with my 2017 Ford EcoBoost. I don't want it to happen to me in my Honda. I don't want it to happen to me in even that big old diesel. So just just go do it. Don't question yourself. Just go take care of it. Uh, Ford has come up with a new truck for 2022. It's a Ford Maverick. Most of us that's been around for a few years know what the old Ford Maverick was. Well, they just took the name of the car and they transplanted it to this little pickup. This little pickup, <laughs> Ford Maverick, looks like a Honda pickup. Uh, I, I, I read everything I could get my hands on it. Uh, it's a pretty cool little truck, pretty cool little truck, if you're looking for a real small truck. It's smaller than the Ford Ranger that they've just come out with. It's the one down, you know, and it's got a, the front end looks similar to a car, but it's got a, oh my gosh, it's just, it's, it's, it's a cute little truck. Now, the one that I would like to have that's not even put out in the U.S., is the Mazda pickup, and it's overseas only. It has a little diesel in it, and it's a small truck. And I'm going, holy cow. It's got all this torque in this little bitty frame. It's about the size of the little Maverick, but it's not on the same platform as Maverick is, and it's manufactured overseas. Actually, it's on a GM platform. So you're talking about people just to... Uh, switching and a borrowing and a trading and getting everything all put together. And I'm thinking, well, you know, that's the way industry's been forever. The little Maverick's going to be made down in Mexico. It'll be down in Mexico. I think the Rangers actually made down in Mexico. So if you're looking for little trucks, they're on their way as fast as they can put them out. 
And I look for the, and Kia has a pickup now. Kia. And I'm going, really? And they showed me that one. And that's a cute little truck, too. And it's got enough horsepower. It's got one motor in it. It's almost 300 horsepower in this little truck. So that'll be a screamer. So there's a lot of stuff if you're looking for a little little truck. The other thing that I was acquainted with this week, oh, by the way, the phone number here is 719-1490, 719-1490. I forgot to give it out on the, the tickets. 719-1490. Now, that, that'll get you into the studio. It'll get you talking to me, and uh, we can, uh, well, well, we'll go with just about anything. I've got a lot of stuff here. And the one thing here that I want to, oh, red lights, dash lights, blinking lights, solid lights, anything that shows up on the dash. If it shows up on the dash, it has a memory. It, it takes about, uh, I, can't, I think it's about 30 seconds or something like that, maybe 45 seconds, where it will record the memory of that dash flashing, uh, the light in the dash. So if you get a blinky light, one, that's serious, so you need to get it in, especially if it's blinking red. If it come on and it's yellow and it's not blinking, you don't have to panic on it. But if, it, if that dash light comes on red and a fast blink, and that is the base. If it comes on a red light, flashing blink, and it t- ties into motor, or some of them's got a motor indicator on it, if that thing comes on, then first thing I want you to do is check your oil in the engine because that seems to be the, one of the premier problems on that. Vehicles do go through some oil now, uh, based because of high rev, loose engines, and stuff like that. So keep that in mind. All right. Now, this week we run across some nice temperature out there. Woohoo! Boy, did we run across some nice temperature. Uh, 100, 102. So summer is here, and guess what? It's going to get hotter. Now, check up from a neck up. I have written down what to do, what to look for. And I've got it, and it's a pretty good little little Jerry article here. And if you've got a piece of paper and a pencil, I want you to grab it. Because some of this stuff, some of you people out there are technical enough to actually take care of some of this, uh, these little things yourself, even the non-technical people. I've broken, I've got it to where I think it, just about anybody can check it and see what it is. What you can't take care of, you can take it into your favorite garage and say, okay, I need it pressure tested, blah, blah, blah. Or I need you to check it. I've checked this, 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 this. Remember, when you're talking to a service writer, like uh, if you're talking to Brian at Auto Specialist, or you're talking to uh, Ryan or Scott over at Parker Automotive, or if you're talking to Ken or Wade down at Simmons, the more information you give them over the phone on the symptoms, the better off they're going to be able to handle this thing when you come in, and they'll be able to get a basic idea of how long they're going to need that vehicle for. There is no crystal ball. We have to see the car to verify what you're actually talking about. What we're looking for is some way and enough information to get us in the ballpark where that we can actually go after. It gives us a, gives us a starting point when we get to that situation. 
spend a little time. Now, have you got your pencil and paper yet? Let me see a hand. Let me see the hands up out there in the audience. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, that's right. It's radio. I got a face for radio. That's the reason I'm doing radio. Um, but here we go on the summer heat. Is it going to be boring? Nope. It's going to save your little hiney where your billfold's located or your purse swinging off your side or whatever. This is what I want you to pay attention to. If you've got a vehicle that's around three years, three and a half years old, um, or even later models, new parts fail. Oh, i got a story on a new part. On my Mustang, it's got a motor in it that's about 2,000 miles on it. I brought it in, drove it into the garage, shut it off. Everything's running fine. Next morning I got up, I turned the key on, and it sounded like somebody was under the hood with a hammer. I mean a big hammer. And uh, so I just shut it off. I called Frontier Towing at 748-1100. I had Frontier take that son of a gun to the shop. My son got on it because he's the hot rod performance guy, even though this is a 289, but it's my it's dad's. So he got on this thing and started looking at it. I think it gave him a, a chance to go play with his tools. And uh, he, he called in uh, Steve, the engine builder, and uh, they went over it and said, well, we need to take a look under the valve covers, see if you got a bad rocker or a broken rocker. I'm the luckiest son of a gun in the world, number one. Number two, I'm unlucky when it comes to, uh, well, no, I'm not unlucky. I know how the industry is. A brand-new rocker lever had broken and it sounded just exactly like somebody was in there with a three-pound hammer at least beating on the inside of the block. And uh, they found that. Brand-new part. So when you people say, oh, it's got brand-new parts in it, it can't fail, just remember, it happened to me. Brian will tell you it'll happen. Mike Parker, Ryan, Scott up front will tell you it's possible, so believe us when we tell you this stuff is possible. We don't know if it's a casting flaw or whatever. But Wade told me, he said, don't worry, Dad, it won't ever happen again. I have no idea what he's going to do to that, but I'll let you know as soon as I get it back. And then we'll tell you what he did to cure this little issue with the little 289 Mustang. All right, let's get into the summer stuff. Make sure... Your cooling system is clean, and the thermostat is good. No water leaks. Radiator cap good. Radiator cap, you need to, if it has a radiator cap on it, you pull it, and you take a look at the um, gasket on the bottom side of the radiator cap. If you have a lifetime antifreeze in it, that only applies if you don't open the system. Once you open the system, i.e., pull the radiator cap, that means that the lifetime system is over with. Now you go to two-year, 24,000 miles on your on your fluid and on, your, uh, on the flush of your radiator to keep that thing running clean. Very critical. You've got so many different compositions of metals and plastics and engines. You've got aluminum, aluminum heads, uh, cast iron blocks. Aluminum blocks, uh, there's just a composition of metals that you have to protect. And the only way you're going to protect it with the cooling system is actually with clean oil. That, that's part of your uh, heat transport out of the block. 
and radiator fluid, and it has to be clean. And don't forget that your any fluid that you have going up through there and from the transmission, transmissions are normally cooled through the radiator. On the side of the radiator, it's got a little tank, got a little old single rod, runs up there and makes a loop, comes right down the bottom. These things, when you have dirty transmission fluid and it transfers up there, it doesn't cool down the way it's supposed to. So now you stand a chance on overheating your transmission. There's two things that will kill the transmission. The two, one and two. One is heat. Two is contamination or the fluid that breaks down inside the transmission or the, well, it's the fluid, transmission fluid. It gets corroded and it doesn't dissipate the heat. Therefore, you've got a heating issue. Well, it's at the radiator. If you have a heating issue in the car, it affects the heating of the transmission. So this stuff has to really be paid attention to. Now, it's going to get up to probably 107, 119. Road temperatures is what you're concerned with because the road temperature, you sit on top of the road, you ride on top of the road. Yeah, I know there's air going under the bottom of it. Uh huh. And uh, that doesn't get it. You're still running hot. These engines run hot. Under the hood, it's closed up to where you don't have the air circulation in it like we used to on the old open, uh, you know, where you could open the hood and look and see an engine instead of a bunch of plastic towers and, and pack rat uh, awnings and stuff like that in there. So pay attention to that. Uh, tires, radiator caps. It's got to be good. Tires, I want you to look at the A-dot. If this is a vehicle that you've been running three years, four years. Look look at the A-dot number. It's a four-digit number. It's in a little round circle on the side of your tire. It's going to be four digits. The first two is going to be the week of the year that this tire was actually built, or it'd be the week, yeah, week of the year the tire was actually built. The second two will be the year. It'll be like a, a 2021, be the 20th week of that year and the year of, 19, of 2021, all right? Anything is past four years, five years, I want you to inspect that son of a gun with a magnifying glass. Or don't take it on a long road trip because you don't need that thing actually blowing up on you. Can you slow it down? Yeah, you can slow it down by parking it in a garage and using fire, uh, tire treatment on the outside of it to keep the UVs and stuff from eating it up. But you're not going to do that, and I know that. I'm not going to do it. So you just need to pay attention with that. Write it down. Write it down. The When you get the bill date on that thing, just write it down. Throw it in your dash. Put it in there with, uh, you know, uh, Frontier Towing's little card you put in there for the phone number for Frontier Towing or your favorite shop. Write the shop number down on it. There's nothing wrong with that. And But you need to really pay attention. If you don't know what you're doing, don't worry about it. Take it into your garage and have it on the inspection. This, uh, this stuff should be done when you have an oil service at a good garage. They should check these things for you. And if you see a tire that uh, the uh, DOT date on it has gone past the four years and they had look at your tires are you going out of town no i'm not going out of town okay then you got some more running to do before you have to worry about it we'll keep an eye on it and then at least you will know 
But with the road temperatures, when you hit the road temperatures, 105, 107 out there, road temperature is going to be around 140, 145, depending on the type of surface you're running on, whether it's uh, concrete or asphalt. So that is very critical. All needs to be clean. You need to change your oil. I'm going to tell you that the oil to an engine is like clean blood to a body. That's how critical it is. You don't step it up. Uh, you cha- keep the same viscosity that the manufacturers recommend. There are exceptions to the rules. Uh, unless you're a commercial guy, you don't even need to hear the exceptions. But if you're a commercial guy, you divide, you go the severe duty. If you're a commercial guy and you run in a dirt field atmosphere all time with your service trucks and stuff like that, you need to move it down to changing your oil at 3,000 miles. And one, that's going to give your technician that you have either at your company or the technician that you use to take a look at the rest of the components on this because it's running in a hostile environment. Okay? Remember that. Um, verify the fans are working on the engine. You can, Most of your little cars and stuff that have... They have two fans up front. You can you open the hood and you can see, oh, there's two fans here. Turn the air conditioning on to high. Turn the air conditioning wide open. And then look under the hood and see if the second fan, which is normally the right, as it's on the right side of the car. There's only two sides to the car. There's a left side, which has a steering wheel on it in America. And then on the right side, the passenger side, is the right side. Left side is the seat with the steering wheel, and it don't change. So when you're you're saying, well, looking at it, well, you're sitting in the vehicle. Say, sitting in the vehicle, it's on that side, and then the garage will know what you're talking about, and you'll know what you're talking about. Um, but uh, hang on, I'm getting it. Here we go. All right, but the oil uh, does need to be clean. It needs to be changed on a regular basis. This is no joke. That will take your engine out. You have closer tolerances on the crankshaft, looser tolerances up around the uh, pistons. That's the reason these little cars are uh, little high RPM cars, and for are they can let the oil go through. There's really nothing wrong with your motor. It's just a looser built engine because of the rotating mass which means the engine's got to turn over. The least amount of rotating mass you have, the better the fuel economy is. It's almost like a double, double-edged double sword when you do this. Uh, but the AC, with the AC turned on, you want to check and make sure both fans under the hood, with the engine running and the AC on, both fans need to be running. If you've got wide-open AC, You've got no air, no fan on the right side. That's not good. You need to get that fan fixed. It could just be a little, uh, little regulator that they have on it. That's not that expensive. Sometimes that one fan goes out, uh, because the bearings will go out in a fan or something like that, like it did on my little Honda. Um, get the bug plaster off your intake on the radiator intake. That's what's coming through toward the engine 
from the outside. That's the bugs that splatter on the air conditioning condenser. Then they some of them get through to your radiator uh, radiator core, and it plugs it up. Take you some uh, simple green or something, spray that son of a gun down, let it sit for about three minutes, and then use a garden hose and just use the hose out of the water out of the hose. You don't have to use high pressure. And you can put your thumb over it if you want a little bit of extra splatter on it and uh, clean this thing off. If it don't clean on the first try, do it the second time. But do it from the inside out after the motor is turned off. And don't even stick your hand in where the fan's at. If you're going to stick anything through there to flush it backwards, stick the radiator hose. So in case something comes on, or the engine decides, oh, it, I didn't get a chance to cool it down the way it's supposed to be before it actually, uh, before we take it out of service. Then, and it comes on, it won't take your finger off. Back flush it, and then you'll be surprised what comes out of these radiators. You'll you'll see mud and stuff. It doesn't even look like it's in there. But don't forget, you can use simple green or you can use Dawn dishwashing liquid. It's got an enzyme in it that eats up dirt and, you know, it's designed to clean. You can use that. Whatever you've got. Cleaning it is better than not cleaning it. All right. It's only going to get hotter. It's only going to get hotter. Now, let's go to the interior. You've got a steering wheel. I grabbed a hold of my steering wheel the other day because I forgot to put my window cover the one that you have, the sunscreen on the inside of the windshield. If you do that, it's going to cool down your interior anywhere from 20 to 40 degrees. Leave about a one-inch crack at the top of the window. Don't hit it with a hammer. I mean, just roll it down about one inch. And that allows the temperature, because temperature rises, that allow it to get out. If you do a cross ventilation on it, you go with the right rear down one inch and the left front uh down one inch, and that'll give you a little bit of cross flow in there as it sets still, and then you can protect yourself a little better. Take a towel, a regular, t- just a regular towel. Go in your linen closet and get a towel. Throw it over the steering wheel and the gear shift lever if it's on the column. Most of the gear shifts that are automatic and in the floor now, the sun will not get through it or get to it. And it won't be as hot as that little son of a gun sitting on the side of the steering wheel. Use a towel, throw it over. For you people, now we, uh, leather interior is gorgeous. Just absolutely gorgeous. We're in Arizona. Most of the time we run around with a pair of Bermuda shorts on, short pants, and we don't, we don't realize that when you sit down on a leather seat and it's been out in the sun, it's hot, and now we've got air conditioning in our seats on our cars. That's fine. As long as you start that car up and let it cool down the seat before your butt hits it, you'll be all right. Get a beach towel. Throw it over the seat. It's a beach towel. It can't hurt anything except it can save your hind end from frying <laughs> when you jump in the seat. So if you use the regular towel over the steering wheel while you're out shopping and you leave it out in the sunlight, direct sunlight, or you need to use the windshield screens that you can buy any place. Merle's has got them. Uh, just go get your windshield screen put in it. But the more sunlight you can keep, direct sunlight you can keep out of that car, the longer it's going to last. 
if you have a classic car and it's sitting in your garage and you say, well, I spent a lot of money on this thing, having the interior done. It's got, uh, I had leather seats put in it and, uh, I've got all of this stuff in here and I really want to protect it. Take a pan of water, put it in the right side floorboard. Remember to take it out before you drive it, but it's only water. But put water in the floorboard of that thing. My Mustang sitting in my garage, enclosed garage, still uses about uh, probably 32 ounces of water when it's really hot in a 30-day period. That is something that you can put in your RV. Put it in your travel trailers. Put a bucket of water in there. Does it look stupid? Nobody cares. It's your interior that needs moisture. And that stuff, I don't have any any cracks or any vinyl rolling up or anything like that in my motorhome or my fifth wheel because I do this. And I don't have any problems with my Mustang with the interior because I put the water in there and keep a moisture, a humidity level up so that it uh, it just takes care of it. Will it rust it? It happened so far. I'd rather have a little bit of rust and have the interior come apart. So if you do that, then you will have um, uh, a little better idea of what's going on, and you'll protect it. Uh, if you don't have a dash mat, get a dash mat and put it on there. If you've got a direct sunlight hitting the windshield, it's like a furnace. It can go up to 225 degrees just through the sunlight coming through the windshield. Your car interior may only be, you know, 140. So... Get the get your windshield screen, get you a dash mat, get you a towel to go over the steering wheel and a gear knob, and get you a beach towel for leather seats. Leather seats, by the way, ones of you that uh, you you get one leather and then in a couple of years you've got cracks coming in this leather, and you say, "Wow, what happened here?" It's the body oil off of your legs, your bare back part of your legs when you sit down in the seat. The body oil gets on there, and the only way you're going to keep that from eating alive is about once a week, take a leather cleaner and go in there and clean all that stuff off on the on the driver's seat, especially because that's where the most of the cracks first appear. Uh, there is ways that you can actually have those leather seats repaired. Uh, you'd need to talk to uh, Spectrum Minor Road Auto Collision. I'm sure that... Uh, Javier over there, they can tell you what to use. I'm going to have Javier. He's going to be on the show, I think, next week. He's going to do a call in. And uh, he said for the people out there using wax on your cars, use Canova wax. Canova. I probably must have said that. Canova. Yeah, Canova wax. And he said, absolutely no spray wax. So when you take these cars through your uh, car washers, he said, don't use that spray wax because the wax gets on the rubber components, causes causes them to crack out, and then you lose your door seals. So that's from Ina Road Auto Collision. By the way, their number is uh, 744-4454. Also, they do more than just tell you what to put on to save the paint. They can fix it. They can repair it. Um, so let me get back on track here. Uh, window shades is critical. Protect your dash. 
uh, use the water in the bottom of it, dash mats, uh, towels, beach towels. Yep, that'll cover that. All right, inspect your windshield wiper blades. Windshield wiper blades are on the outside of the window. You can put all the shade screens on the inside you want, but you don't do a thing for the windshield wiper blades. Uh, I have seen everything in the world. Actually, motorhome manufacturers sell a slip-on uh, windscreen, wind sunscreen for the windshield wiper blades. Now, in case you haven't had the privilege of buying a motorhome uh, wiper blade, they're not your seven ninety-five or your fifteen ninety-five. They're like sixty bucks because it's a big. And I mean, it's not uncommon to see a uh, 38, 40 inch or bigger wiper blade. So for the people driving the motorhomes out there, check those things. If you can put something over the outside of that wrap, I don't care if you wrap it in a, a box tube or something, but get those things because they're sitting in your driveway. They're sitting, the sun's going to hit them because it keeps changing positions. So Put a cover over your wiper blades out there to at least get it to last more than six months or six months, and that'll save us a lot of money, too. Uh, yeah, I have bought them. I, yes, I had a, a Class A motorhome. I put it on a Class A motorhome, and yes, they work. Um, now, there's a few things that's coming up. Oh, on your wiper blades, you can use windshield washer fluid on a rag and wipe them down about once every two weeks and, and keep the life in those windshield wiper blades. The way you inspect a windshield wiper blade is you take a look at the ends of the blades where the wiper part actually meets the windshield. Right up above it, there's a, it'll be really tapered down to like a knife blade. And look at the end of that and see if it's starting to rip. If it's starting to rip, starting to crack, or when you pull it up, look at it. And if it's wavy going up and down, it's supposed to be straight. If it's got a wave in it going from the bottom to the top, or the top, I don't care which way it goes. If it's got a wave in it, it's time to replace those windshield wiper blades because when they have to work, they're not going to work proper. They're going to they're gonna bring the water into the center part, the highest part on that, and it's going to encapsulate it. And then when you the windshield wiper goes across the front of your windshield, you're going to still have water on the windshield, but it'll be streaky. So that's the reason for that. All right. Any questions on this? 719-1490. 719-1490 on the heating and what you need to do. Now, I know I covered a lot on this thing. I can elaborate a lot on just the cooling system for your car. But I think I'm gonna I'm gonna need a question from you seven one nine fourteen ninety seven one nine fourteen ninety and we will talk about the heating of your car. We can talk about the dash lights blinking, the blinkers when when they're blinking and when they're solid. Um, as far as uh, the other thing I wanted to cover a little bit on was I talked to Emily from State Farm her her staff over there this past week. And I, I said, hey, I heard that they're changing things up a little bit on uh, procedures that you go through when you have a crash and the information that you guys need to get from the collision center, which uh, I'd already talked to Javier about it. And he said, oh, yeah, it's a little different. And But that is, we can probably cover that next week when Javier is on. But if you do have a question on your insurance, uh, you can call Emily at State Farm at 445 Six four four four, 
And she will just she will tell you, even if you're not a client of hers, she will help you. That's the reason I talk about her. Um, new vehicles. New vehicles. Oh, my gosh, new vehicles. There is so many neat little vehicles coming out now. Oh, my gosh, like I was telling you about on the Maverick. Uh, that's one. You know, the uh, Kia has a pickup now. The Maverick is a little pickup. Uh, they have hybrids, they have diesels, but unfortunately, like I said, on the Mazda diesel, on that little bitty truck is overseas only. It hadn't made its way. It hadn't migrated to the U.S. yet. Um, there is a uh, one I was reading about, the 10 worst engines that won't make it 60,000 miles. And believe it or not, it kind of shocked me because it was a BMW X5 twin turbo, the big motor. <clears throat> and I'm thinking it's the end. It's either N as in November or M as in Monday, six engine that has the fifteen thousand mile oil change. Uh, they didn't like that fifteen thousand mile oil change. In fact, they're kind of blaming that fifteen thousand mile oil change on this engine wearing out premature. I don't trust an engine with a 15,000-mile oil change with twin turbos. Don't trust it. I don't. I just don't trust it. So anyway, they say the straight six in a BMW with a turbo is the better engine of the two because of the things that they've read and researched on this whole thing and actually seen the blown-up engines and the ones that last and the ones that don't. There was actually nine other vehicles that I didn't have time to finish the research on that, which I'll get back to this week. So... Any questions, 719-1490, 719-1490. Remember, this portion of the show is brought to you by Spectrum Iron Road Auto Collision, 744-4454. And no spray wax and Carnova, Carnova wax only on the car, hand with, put on by hand. And that is the best thing because the difference in the paints that they're putting on these vehicles now. Frontier Towing, of course, 748-1100. That's if you have a vehicle that goes down on the road in the town, blow a tire, have an electric vehicle that quits on the freeway or quits in town and need it towed, they have the experience to do that. MerrillsAuto.com. MerrillsAuto.com. They've got 10 places in Tucson, then they got them scattered out all the way around. I think they opened another store in Tucson. I haven't got that information yet. Go to MerlesAuto.com, uh, go to store availability, and you'll get it. They have uh, stores in Sierra Vista, Marinci, Globe, Casa Grande, and Green Valley. Uh, they make daily runs to the big warehouse on South Dodge Boulevard. They're the real deal. If you're looking for quality parts at a competitive price, foreign domestic 18-wheeler, and white box OEM. White boxes, they put out the OEM parts. They come in a white box. And that'll be for your vehicle, and it's a brand-new part. It's not a remanufactured, remanufactured part. It's a brand-new part. So that'll help you out. Uh, of course, my buddy, automotive specialist, Brian Fuller, 3611 West Iron Road, he mentioned something about coming back uh, to do a show uh, with me here pretty quick. Could be next week. It depends on uh, how much time I got left on the show. And, of course, uh, Frontier Towing, I can't tell you enough about those guys. I absolutely love them. They're absolutely perfect. 719-1490, 719-1490. Um, 
Uh, Simmons is looking for a, an additional automotive technician. That is so critical. We cannot, we need an extra technician. And we could even use an extra service rider. So if you're a technician and you're looking to make a move or you want to work five days a week instead of six days a week, uh, drop by the shop at 3743 South Country Club or and drop off your resume or pick up an application. Uh, it, the job opening is immediate. We can use one just as fast as we can. Uh, we'd like, uh, if you're ASC certified, that's definitely a plus, which is automotive, um, uh, automotive excellent certification. And that's where you actually have to go take the test and you have to go to the books and you have to know what you're doing in order to get these certifications. Or you can come in if you're like a B tech or C tech, you technicians out there know what I'm talking about. B-Tech or C-Tech will still take a look at you. Uh, it's one of these things. We've got a pretty good training program that we can put you through and bring you up to speed. <laughs> if you're not an ASC technician, we will pay you to take the course uh, and pass it. And uh, there's a little pay raise that goes with it every time you come up with a different certification. So it's it, that the incentive is there. Your compensation will be based on experience, and that's about all I can say. Yes, we have the uh, extra package, the uh, insurances, the dental, the medical, and stuff like that also. So that's at Simmons, 3743 South Country Club. All right, 719-1490. I'm waiting on your phone calls. Let's talk. Let's talk about these things that's going on. Let's talk about... Uh, Let's, we can get into the heat a little more. I can tell you some stuff about that or kind of shock you. But uh, if if you just look for the little things that I've told you in this first summation, uh, first intro on this, then you're going to be in pretty good shape. The thing that's going to get you, one, is not changing your antifreeze, especially if you've got a two-year, 24,000 miles on a, on a radiator flush. If you've got over three years on that car, it's two years, 24000 If you open the cap on it, two years, 24000 Uh If you have an older car, or especially diesels, diesels you have to flush them too. Diesels has two radiators. Uh, most Well, you've got some diesels that have two radiators. And if you get into the two radiators at $700 a piece because you didn't flush it out, you're going to hate yourself. And if you just get a regular radiator for a diesel that has one radiator, they're super expensive. And the only way you can actually protect them is if you change the fluid as much as you possibly can, cross your fingers, and hope that it works. But I will tell you, it works a lot better than not flushing these radiators. Keep the radiators clean. Keep the acid out of the engine block. Keep the inside of the blocks clean. It keeps the water flow like it's supposed to be. Change the thermostat anytime you go in to change a radiator hose or, or a water transportation system, which includes all the hoses plus all of the other hoses that goes to your heaters and circulates all the water through the heater cords. Keep in mind, 
when you flush that radiator, you also are flushing the heater core. That's that little mini radiator that costs a fortune when it goes bad and starts leaking on the floorboard on the inside, and you have to pull the entire dash apart just to change it. Um, the tires, I keep talking about tires, and there's a reason I keep talking about tires. They blow up. Uh, you can take a trailer tire. Trailer tires good for about three years. That's according to my tire guys here in Tucson. About three years on it uh, because, one, they normally are exposed to the direct sunlight on the outside. Uh, you will sit there, and you'll drive it maybe once a week for about eight miles while you go riding your horse out in Sora National Monument. Or uh, you've had this vehicle setting for uh, eight months while you're waiting for the weather to get better, your vacation to get around so that you can go back to the lakes, whether you go to Apache, Roosevelt, Patagonia, uh, Lake Pleasant, you know, when you start your run. And this is absolutely critical that you inspect these tires and don't forget the wheel bearings. The wheel bearings should be at least checked once a year. When you're using a high-temp grease in them, that's better. I use full synthetic grease on my trailers, all of them. I have had the privilege of burning a bearing. It, it is most inconvenient when you're about 100 miles away from the shop. It's very expensive. Uh, one, you got to park the trailer. Then two, you got to run back into Tucson to get enough parts to fix it if you have the ability to fix it. And if not, you're on your own. Uh, recommend that if you have a boat trailer and a, or a travel trailer, you get a set of bearings and a race and take enough tools with you uh, to change that bearing and race while you're on the road. Make sure you got a jack. Make sure you got a lug wrench, a star wrench, which breaks these lugs loose a heck of a lot easier, especially the older we get. Uh, I even carry a little breaker bar with me to make sure that I don't run into that problem. Make sure that when you do the trailer tires and you change the trailer tire, you do it at your house, whether it's on your fifth wheel or your boat trailer or your horse trailer. When you change your trailer tire to house, make sure that the torque specifications on those trailer tires, run them up in sequence. Don't just start clockwise and go 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, you know, 5 o'clock and torque them that way. Go from right to left across, skip one. You Most of them have five lugs on them. Start at about 1 o'clock, uh, go over to around 7 o'clock, and then just crisscross them and tighten them up. The only way you're going to get a trailer tire super tight is actually if you put it on the ground to load it up so it will hold the tire while you're torquing it down. Then it's recommended that at about, meh, uh, a mile or two, if you can drive it a little bit before you take off, pull it back in or pull it off on a, a safe place, a pull-out, and take your wrench and go around and tighten them up again. I thought, well, I use I use torque specification on mine. I'll torque it down. I don't know why they loosen up. I never really, you know, I'm not a, a loosen-up torque specification type of guy other than I know if you tighten them on there, you put them too tight, it's almost impossible to get them off. If you put them on there too loose, say, okay, well, to give you an example, 
if torque spec on a uh, 716 slug says, okay, it'll be 75 pounds. Well, you put it on there and you figure, okay, that's about 75 pounds. Really? You're that good? <laughs> I don't think so. Get your little cheapy torque wrench. You can buy them down at any parts house. Uh, and you, you put a torque on those wheels so that after you run them and they have a chance to seat, retorque them. And you will find that one, maybe two of them are going to be already loosened up enough to where, you, yeah, I can get another, I can get some more torque on this thing and tighten it down again, especially on trailer tires, boat trailers and horse trailers. The bigger the load, the more critical the torque is going to be on on the lug nuts to keep them on, keep them on, excuse me. And um, But if you'll do that, you're going to save yourself a lot of trouble. You'll save yourself a lot of expense. If you pack the trailer tires, oh, and by the way, when you take that new, get ready to put that new wheel bearing on, make sure you have a little cup of lube, wheel bearing lube. You can buy them in little half pints and keep that in there. Uh, yeah, it's going to get a little warm depending on where you put it because it'll be uh, in in the weather, in the elements, but you can still repack the new bearing when you put it on your trailer because the old one has done smoked everything on the inside, and you're going to need the new lube to put it on and torque it down. Uh, that if you don't know how to pack a, hand pack a bearing, go to, like, Google. Uh, Google it and see what these guys are doing. Believe it or not, you can actually do that on the side of the road as long as you got a cell phone and you got a smartphone. Um, but that will keep, give you an idea how to do it. Uh, remember when you try to get that grease off your hands, uh, you're going to be carrying a, a quart of motor oil anyway because of the vehicle. You may need a quart of motor oil. Always carry that in your little spare pack, you know, one quart, uh, unless you say, have a vehicle that uses two quarts for 500 miles and you're planning on going 750. I highly recommend. Well, if I was going to do that, you got to get back too. I'd probably take about a six-pack of uh, motor oil with me to replace it with. But take a little bit of motor oil, take a cap off of it, pour it out on your hands. That uh, 30-weight motor oil or 1030 or 1020, whatever you're carrying, will cut the grease on your hands. It'll cut it down to where then you can use a little bit of soap and take the rest of it off. Or you can take a rag and wipe it off, and uh, it's bearable until you get to a place to where you can get the rest of the oil off of it. But most of the time, the oil won't hurt your hands anyway. Uh, it just makes it inconvenience when you get ready to grab a steering wheel. <laughs> I, I haven't tested it yet to see if you can actually start use motor oil on your hands on a hot steering wheel. I know it burns. You won't. It won't take you long to figure that out. But just use your... Use what you've got, but make sure that when you're out traveling, you have your little emergency kit, the emergency kit. You Make sure you got some water. Uh, if you want to take antifreeze, you take 50-50 antifreeze. Antifreeze has a, increases the boiling point of the water, which keeps it from boiling over. It's, it's water boils at 212, antifreeze boils at around 250, depending on what mixture you got. 50-50 antifreeze is all you need. Uh, don't mix the antifreeze. Whatever you're running inside of your engine, that's what you're going to run. 
So if you have uh, the brown antifreeze and you pour the green antifreeze in it without flushing the brown antifreeze out, you're going to have an instant acid problem. So if you've got brown, you run brown. If you've got green, you run green. They're going to be messing around with it. There's a whole bunch of different color antifreeze out there. Make sure that you're running what you've got in your vehicle, and that'll keep the potential of that thing being down. Next thing out of your mouth is going to be, well, what if I don't? Well, you got water, and now you know. You got water. That's all you're going to be able to have. Without the water, you're going to blow the head gaskets probably off of the car, or you're going to crack a block, or you're going to do something drastic. And you're going to have to have towed in, and you're not going to be in your back door, and it's going to be very expensive. But that is not the expense that you had just incurred. You blow that head cylinder head gasket, you're going to spend some money because there is so many things. Remember the composition of the motors. You have plastic intakes that will warp. Uh, too, too many variations to even, too many variations. Just don't let it heat up. If you do your cooling system flushes, you do the pressure test on the cooling system. If you have a pressure test cool, uh, tool, and that will tell you, you sit there, you watch it, you pump it up to 17 pounds or 15 pounds and leave it on there for about 10 minutes and see if it drops down. If it don't drop down, your system is completely tight. If it drops down, <clears throat> do it again. It's just like taking your heart rate. You're supposed to take a heart rate three times to make sure you get a good reading on it. So... You do the same thing with the radiator. You know, you just pump it up again and let it set. If it goes down again, you start looking for the leak. If you can't see it on the outside, it's a possibility that you've got something seeping through on the inside, whether it be an intake manifold or whether it be in a head gasket. Most of the time, it's going to be on the intake side. But don't take my word for it. Just find the problem and get it cured before you take it out on vacation. Uh, and the other thing I want to cover is it's vacation time. People are, are just, okay, well, this thing's running good. The vehicle's only three years old. Uh, I'm going to take that thing, and I'm going to uh, Petaluma, California. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to uh, Utah. I'm going to Idaho. I'm going across country. Wherever you're going. <coughs> Excuse me. You take that vehicle and get it pre-inspected for vacation. If you pull that son of a gun into Simmons and you tell Ken or Wade up there, okay, I'm on a vacation, I need it checked out. Okay, they'll check it for you. They will check everything for you. Because if you go out and something stupid like a, a water leak, oh, it's just a little seepage. Really? Well, let's put seepage and let's add about 300 miles without stopping and running at constant pressure. Uh, of course, most of the pressure on your radiator, you need to understand, it builds up when you shut the motor off. As long as so, when you're having an overheat problem, oh my gosh, I got to just shut this thing down right now. Not necessarily. You know, if you still, unless you're losing water, you turn the air conditioning off, you turn all of your accessories off. It has anything to do with water circulation. You turn the heater on. You get that little extra radiator that has that cool, that water sitting in there to add water to the system. And then you let it idle for a while. And that keeps the fan rolling. It keeps the water circulating. 
and it keeps the pressure down inside your cooling system because when you shut that cooling system off, that's when you get the radiator hoses that radiator hoses that will blow, and uh, that's the problem that you have with that. Just remember, don't pull a radiator cap on a hot engine. I don't care what you've heard, what you've seen, don't do it. I've got a buddy that got um, second-degree burns, and he knew better. He thought, oh, well, I know better. So I took a little towel, and I threw it over the lid, and I turned it off. Yeah, it blew up. It blew out. It just, you know, it just blew up, and he had to go to the hospital instead of going up to Apache. So uh, that's just don't do it. Radiator hoses, when you inspect them, you raise the hood and say, wow, there's a radiator hose. That looks awful weird. It looks like a radiator hose that eat a pack rat. Big fat thing, you know, just, and then it, but it's not, but it's not fat all the way down. So, uh, I wonder what it is. And then the first inclination you have is, I'm going to squeeze it and see what it does. You don't you dare. That thing will blow up on you and it will fry you. Don't do it. So, you know, that'll keep you out of trouble there. Batteries. Well, we're running inside of a minute right now, so I won't get the batteries after we get back. There's some stuff that I want to tell you about batteries when we get back from the flip side. And any questions you may have, I want you to call me here at 719-1490. All right, we're going to take a break at the top of the hour. Fill up the coffee cup. Get your pencil and paper you haven't had a chance to get, and we'll be right back. 